the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and you are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, what is this show all about? It's about how people are called to put their faith into action, that people are saved through grace in the blood of Jesus Christ. But when we're saved, we're called not just to sort of sit around and eat Doritos and uh, relax. We're called to go and put our faith into action, to love other people, to share his word, both through word and deed. So today we're blessed to have uh, Tim. Now, I met Tim uh, in the summer this year. We were uh, at a church and we're just having a a chat, passing the time, and then he told me his life story and uh, blew me out of the water. (laughs) I just uh, wasn't expecting it, but was delighted to hear it. But Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Julian. Thanks for having me on, on the show today. I appreciate it. So now Tim comes from a, a construction background. Uh, he's, uh, my words, not his, you know, he's been a uh, successful bit of a construction guru in uh, California and places around the U.S. Uh, and that's impressive and it's good. But uh, Tim, you know, t- tell me first of all a little bit about, about your life sort of, uh, you know, prior 2016-17. Yeah, so um, my life really began in 2016 um, in Indonesia. And there's a lot of different events that had kind of happened over the past seven years that have just been just incredible blessings and and really gifts that um, I've experienced. And so, yeah, I'd say my life really began in 2016. Um, You hear about this term born again Christian. And as a kid, I'd, I'd hear that term often and I never really understood what it meant um, until 2021 but there was a there's a five-year gap in there uh, between 2016 and 2021 that just some incredible things ultimately uh, led up to just this incredible experience that I had um, on February February 8th 2021 but my life was pretty um, normal I, I grew up uh, as competitive surfer in Southern California and San Diego and uh, was uh, just loved the ocean. And that was really my passion was surfing as well as snow skiing. So uh, our family um, recently moved up to Park City to kind of experience more of the, the winter sports. So I get a, a ski more than I surf now. But um, yeah, so I grew up in a, in a traditional um, Christian family, went to um, 
private school and middle school and then went to a public school and high school then went to college at a, a school called Point Loma Nazarene in San Diego and um, did a lot more surfing than I did going to class but um, that was that was the reason I went to school there and and then uh, yeah so 2016 was really the the moment that my life I would say began um, and it's the time that my my life almost ended which is ironic i guess in a lot of ways so so i mean uh 2016 but uh four <laughs> five so you're but you're not a seven-year-old kid you know so <laughs> when you say your life began you know uh, i mean what what was your situation 2016 i mean uh from our previous conversations you know my my words not yours you were doing all right financially you know you had you know, yeah. you had the toys the cars the houses so forth uh you know i mean you, you had and still have a wonderful wonderful wife i mean things are pretty good my friend so what, what what's this talk of of ending and being born yeah i mean my life like to kind of paint a picture is <clears throat> you know i had incredible homes and i was blessed to have really really incredible financial resources um i'm a builder you know i build different things whether that's companies or products or or construction so um, you know, in that time around 2016, I had uh, over the past eight years up to that point, I had really just kind of built my own little empire. Um, and I was making a ton of money and I had, I had it all from like the external perspective. So like somebody looking at my life, um, was probably like, wow, this guy's got a beautiful wife. He's got two beautiful kids. He's got an incredible home and, um, life just appeared probably, um, visible to others as, um, this pic- picture perfect scenario, but, um, needless to say, it wasn't, it was really, really dark. Um, and I, uh, in- at that time I was on a surf trip in Indonesia and I was with, um, a, a bunch of my friends we were a hundred miles off the coast of, of mainland Indonesia, surfing an Island chain on a chartered boat. And the, the, the boat was called ocean dreams, but I call it, I called it ocean nightmare. Um, it just one thing after another, after another went wrong on that trip. And not only was I in like this really dark, dark, um, place on this trip with things going wrong. I was personally in this dark turmoil, um, within my life. Um, and to kind of cut through some of the story at the end of the trip on a, it was about a 14 day trip. The last day, the captain of the boat said, Hey, we need to leave. We're going to run into this big storm. And it's about a 14, 15 hour um, boat ride back to, to cross this massive channel. And around 2.30 in the morning, um, about 50 miles through the channel, this storm just landed right on top of us. Just a massive, massive storm. Um, waves breaking over the bow of our boat. And we're on a, about a 70 foot chartered boat in the middle of the ocean and it's very, very dark and lightning and rain. And it was just chaos. I guess that's like the best way of describing it. Um, so not only was I personally in this very chaotic place in my life, now I'm in the middle of the ocean in reality and I'm on this boat and we're, you know, probably the most fearful position I've ever been in, in my life. Um, and so as I was happening, I'm standing on top of the boat and I just was overwhelmed by this, sense of uh, lack of control of my own life and ultimately what ended up transpiring was i was gonna disappear into the indian ocean um 
and in my own life. And I had it kind of, it, it wasn't intentional, but it was kind of mapped out to where it would look like it was an accident. My wife would collect all my life insurance policies and I would just disappear into the ocean and nobody would know that I actually ended my own life. Um, so <clears throat> that being said, it's just this unbelievable thing happened as I'm standing on top of the boat, holding onto the railing, getting ready to jump off. The sky just turned bright red. Um, and it was just incredible um, in a very scary way uh, with the lightning and the rain and the big waves. But now the sky is red. And uh, this thought came over my mind as I'm getting ready to jump off the boat. And it's the thought that actually kept me alive, which was, um, if there is such thing as hell, you hear about this concept of heaven and hell. If there's such thing as hell, um, this is hell on earth right now. And I'm, I'm living in hell. Um, and that means there might be a heaven. And so that one thought gave me a sense of hope, um, to continue to, to move on with my life. And so, uh, help, help me, uh, understand your mindset because you know you're there um i've met your heart your wife and she's got a beautiful heart you know she's a a, a lovely lady um and uh you got the kids and again you know from from um you know finance of course is all relative you know how much you've got from various places around the world but you're loaded <laughs> you know you got this you got this flash you had this flash sports car you had these houses here there everywhere a business empire i mean you got the american dream my friend and so what what brought you having it all to the pit of despair? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's an interesting question when you look back at it. Yeah, I, mean, I did. I had all these things. I had, again, I had it all. Um, and at the same time, I was just completely miserable. Um, so to kind of jump forward to answer that question, there was an event that happened in my life um, about two and a half years after the time in Indonesia. And my wife's a, a, she has her master's in psychology and she's a marriage and family therapist. And she worked at a, 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 a mental hospital for people with um, really bad schizophrenia and, and uh, extreme bi bipolar individuals, um, suicidal folks. And little did she know, like she was, you know, married to somebody that could have actually been one of her patients. Um, but it, it was, it was two year, two about two years after the event in Indonesia, and I was I got home and I obviously really started to seek out a lot of help and and understanding like what was going on. But I was so apathetic; I had no feeling in my life, and I try and subside some of those challenges that I had in my life with drugs and alcohol and the the typical abuse of, of both of those things to actually um, have some sort of um, feeling uh or emotion just because i had completely lost all sense of of emotion i was a walking zombie on this planet um but two years after that i was i was working on this beautiful home um my 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 wife and i had been working on this home for about three and a half years of full restoration of this just beautiful piece of architecture um built but built for a famous jazz musician named tower brubeck um but anyways i'm sitting there um in next to a pool um, in a cabana overlooking all of San Diego County. The, the house was sitting on top of a hill. And two things happened in my life at that point. I had a vision and I had a realization. And 
the realization was that I was looking out over all of San Diego and I realized that there was not enough time or money in my life to replicate the things that I could see um, in just that view. And, and so what was happening was um, I was realizing that I was not the creator of the of my own universe mm. any longer. Mm. I was, I was acknowledging the fact as a builder and somebody who was building really cool things that there's no way that, that I can compete against what's that, what's out there. Um, and that's really, it made, it made me feel very, very small. Um, and in a sense, isolated even more so than I was before. Um, but at the same time, as that was happening, I had a vision of my life 30 years forward. So I was at that time, I was 35 years old. I had a vision of my life 30 years forward. So I was 65 and I was sitting on the top of Mount Soledad in La Jolla, California, which is like the apex of real estate in San Diego. Um, and I was sitting next to a cabana next to a mansion that I had built. Um, but the, but as I'm sitting there and feeling this sense of loneliness, my wife in the future, my, my wife had left me mm. and my kids had hated me. So basically I was, I looked at this experience as a gift, um, to really know that, that, um, if I didn't start, um, changing life the way it had existed for me for the past 25 years that I was probably going to gain the world, but I was going to lose my, my soul, wow. um, in pursuit of gaining the world. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but what it seems to me is, uh, this world is not enough. You can have everything that it offers, and yet there's still something that's that that's that's missing, something that's aching, something that all the parts aren't joining together. You know, uh, is that is that is that? I don't want to put words into your mouth. Is that what you think? No, that's absolutely correct, Julian. And what what ultimately I was struggling with the most is that I was living a lie. Like hmm. I, in that moment of realizing that I'm trying to compete with something that's so much bigger than myself, it was all, it was all a bunch of phoniness. Like, mm. yeah, I had these things, but it was all fake. It was no, there was no depth or sense of meaning in my life as I'm achieving all these worldly things that, that, you know, the West says, if you drive nice cars or if you have really nice houses, then you're successful. But, um, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's kind of BS, to be honest with you. And, um, ultimately, like in that moment when I'm sitting on top of the hill mm. and looking out over San Diego, um, w what I acknowledged was that there's a creator that's so much bigger than me. Um, and that creator, um, it, you know, if I'm living in his creation and I'm damaging the creation, then I'm hurting somebody else's creation. And as somebody that's a builder, you know, the last thing you want somebody to do, to do is destroy the things that you're creating. Yeah. Um, so it, ultimately, I came to this conclusion that if God was real um, and Satan was real, then who had complete control over my life at that point? And Satan did. Um, and so now you've got these two experiences, Indonesia, where my life was going to end, but it really began. And then two years forward, I then realized that um, I'm not the ruler of my own destiny. Um, but I didn't, at that point, I didn't acknowledge that Christ was real. Um, there was no Christ in my life at whatsoever. Um, and it, throughout all of this, I was, it, it, at, 
up to this point, I'd say I was agnostic for about 18 years of my life. So like mm. during that 10 years before, you know, basically like 10, 2006 to, two, to 2016, where I had accumulated all these, these homes and all this stuff was really, as I'm accumulating things of the world, I'm losing more and more and more of who I was as a person. Um, and ultimately that's where like Satan just totally just controlled every aspect of my life. Um, so yeah, that was 2018 of November when that happened. So that was five years ago, like right now. Um, and then part of becoming real and authentic with myself and with what was happening in my life was really, I needed to, I, I needed to, um, start being, being honest and stop lying to myself and to my wife and to those who cared and loved me. Um, and part of that was, um, uh, eliminating alcohol and drugs completely from my life. So at that point, um, uh, 2018 in November, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to take up uh, a life of sobriety for at least one year. Mm. So January 1st, 2019 was the day I decided to be- become sober. Um, and I, I, for one, for one year, um, I just said, I don't have anything really to lose at this point. Um, I don't have any feelings still. Um, I'm feeling defeated. I've got all this stuff still, but at the same time, time like life is really um it's really just an existence um so january 1st 2019 i started one year of sobriety just quick cold turkey by the grace of god um and at that point uh eight months into that journey i just i i I just looked at my wife and i'm like this is not enough time to really um feel the effects of what sobriety of what sober living is starting to feel like but I was really, I started at that point to, to have feelings again huh. and emotion, um, which was cool. Now, I, so you were, we're going to have to have you come back on, Tim, because this is, this is fascinating. And I don't want to squeeze like a, a major life story into a few minutes, you know, one for the blessings that it is for all of us. But so there, there you are. And, um, you know, you, you have everything the world can offer. And uh, and yet yet you're uh, you're a husk, you know. You're as you said, a walking zombie. And so um, you you went down this route of well, you know, I've got nothing to lose. That 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 let's go for sobriety and kick the drugs and uh, and our men. God bless you, you know. That 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 in and of itself is something that is 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 phenomenal, you know. And um, by the way, those who are listening who may be struggling with those issues, uh, Tim defeated it, and. Uh, I'm sure you can too, particularly with the help from other people. But Tim, so you are, um, you're in this place where, uh, you know, you, 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 you're lost. Uh, so what, what turns around? Because the person that I've been speaking to over the last six months, he's not a lost man. Yeah. So that's, there's another hour long part to the conversation (laughs) to, to this part, but this is the, this is the best part of, of the third chapter of really life being of, of happening. Right. Like, so I go from life almost ending in Indonesia to realizing that I'm not the ruler of my own universe and the, my kingdom, but there's still this gap. Right. So like the sobriety piece is, is big because it's been, as I, as I mentioned, like I, I was going to do one, one year of sobriety and it's, I'm coming up on five years of complete sobriety. Oh, and, um, 
thank you. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's been nothing but the, but the grace of God. Um, and, uh, about, uh, so it's February 8th, 2021 is where this like radical event happens. So I'm two years sober at this point. I've got, you know, I've, I've got, <laughs> there, there's not, nothing, like everything is moving in the right direction. Right. Um, and I, uh, long story short is I, uh, I met Christ. I'm my, my spirit left my body and I met Christ in complete darkness. And, um, I held his hand and he basically, um, the, it's a unbelievable story. And, um, it, it, it's just incredible. The realness that Christ is like, you hear about it and you hear about him in, in the word and you hear about, um, the things that he did in, in ultimately dying and sacrificing his life for us to, um, bring us uh, life everlasting in heaven. Um, but when I met Christ and held his hand, um, I, there's not words that can describe, um, the feeling of love and joy and overabundance of, of just care. Um, and ultimately I felt as if he was taking like my spirit had left my body and I was going to heaven and, um, we're, we're being dragged through this darkness and, and I'm being dragged through this darkness by him. Um, and all I could hear, and I hadn't read the Bible in 20 years, but all I could hear on repeat was follow me, follow me, follow me. And I thought I was going to heaven at this point. Um, and all of a sudden he stops and he, and he says, let go. And I let go of his hand and my spirit came back into my body. Um, you know, for, for some of those that are listening, like this guy's absolutely psychotic. Um, you know, I might be a little nuts, but, um, I've got no re reason to, to share this story other than like, um, what we're all called to do is, is to share the gospel and to share, share Christ with others. Um, and I have this gift in the second, you know, ability to share these experiences um, with with folks. Um, and I'm looked at often as it's kind of an uncomfortable circumstance or story to tell because people look, look at you like you're nuts. But I have really nothing to lose at this point in my life. And there's really only to gain. So sharing a story is, is, incre is incredibly important. Um, because Christ lives through all of us. Um, he's in all of us and he lives through all of us, but, um, we all have a second chance at life. Um, I just had to get hit in the head by a two by four to realize that Christ was actually real. Um, and I, I could talk all day about this topic, but, um, yeah, it, well, it's, I know, yeah. I, uh, I know Tim and, and Tim, you know, <laughs> you're not off your head, you know, you and, uh, was it 25% of, uh, of the American population, you know, somewhat has similar experiences, but, but just focusing in and on yours, you know, so, uh, gone, we got, I've been told we got about, uh, two minutes left. So, um, yep. you know, you got, you gone from this, 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 this guy who was very much focused on himself and trying to find happiness and failing leading to desperation. Christ just saying in a supernatural way came to you 
uh, and you felt you were going to heaven, and then he sent you back. <laughs> he, he said, "Go back to earth." You know. So what? You know, you only got a minute or so, but uh, yep. what, why, why did he send you back? What, what, what are you meant to be doing here and now? Yeah, I mean, and it's you know, you hit on it earlier. It's like I, um, I'm a broken person with history, and God showed grace. And ultimately, there, there's a book, um, real quick. The, so there's an author, his name is John, John Burke, um, who's written about a lot of these experiences with other folks that have had, that, that have met, a couple other people that have met Christ and a couple other people that have gone to heaven. But, and there's a new movie that just came out. It's called After, uh, Life After Death, I think, by Angel Studios. Mm. Um, and, you know, there, it, it was awesome to learn that I'm not, I wasn't alone in this situation. But ultimately, like what I feel called to do is help other people. And so if there's anybody on this uh, podcast that's made it this far um, and has any questions, I would love to, to talk to you and ultimately share the full version of the story. Um, if you're questioning faith uh, or if Christ is real, um, take it for what it's worth from a broken dude on this planet. But I can tell you without a shadow of doubt that Christ is real. Um, he's exactly what you hear about. Um, and I'm really excited to meet him again. And if you do want to contact him, then you can get me at the harvest foundation.org. Uh, if you're listening to this on the radio, listen to a podcast, contact Julian at the harvest foundation.org. Blessings to you, Tim, and to those out there, may you also have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.